Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you today? You doing good? Great. So when you say great, are you, are you, are you really doing great? Uh, some of you are like, yeah, absolutely. Some of you are like, no, no, I was just saying that. So last night, I, um, right before I was going to bed, I, uh, I was almost in bed and I turned and it felt like, like uh, something flew like under my, my eyelid. You know, and it was like immediately painful. Like I couldn't, I, I, I just like, oh, I tried to, I tried to, and nothing, nothing, nothing would get it out. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's happening, but I could only sleep if I slept like on the eye. And, um, and I woke up and I'm like, why don't I wake up? Maybe my eye will have worked it out, you know, whatever it is. Nope, nope. And so I'm standing over here, getting ready to come up here and I'm, I'm just praying. I'm like, God, I just need you to, you know, I feel like I have a, like a splinter in my eye right now how many of you come in here today and you might say yeah I'm doing great Ah, but you kind of have a splinter in your eye right now like like truth be told you're walking in here and and you're you're on the outside like if I had never shared that with you you wouldn't have known that I want to put my out right now you would not have known that right you wouldn't have known it and and we would have been just fine but I wanted to share that with you because Many of us come into a place like this and we feel like we've got to just like project this, this thing, right? This like, oh, we're in church and so everything's going great. And um, if you're in here like me today and maybe there's a little something, something going on that nobody would know, but you know, uh, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. And I'm so excited about what we're going to be talking about today. I woke up this morning. I still had the log in my eye. No pun intended for those of you who know that part of the Bible. Um, I still had the log in my eye, but I was so excited when I got up. I was like, like Christmas morning because we get to open up a brand new truth for today. God's truth for us today. And God has something in store for you and for me. And I can't wait to explore it with you. So you ready? Woo. All right, here we go. So have I ever told you the story of uh, the time that my brother and I snuck into an NBA arena. Have I ever told you that story? No. All right, so I was in um, high school, and my brother was in college, and um, we grew up in the Chicago area. And so I got to cheer for the Chicago Bulls all growing up, and um, I was there for all six of Jordan's championships. It was a great time to be living in Chicago and cheering for the Bulls. And my brother and I got these free tickets to a Bulls game. And they were, uh, they came with free parking, which was pretty cool. And they also came with this like pre-game corporate VIP kind of like reception, like food and all the things, you know, it was a, it was a corporate, these were like business tickets, you know? So my brother and I, <laughs> we walk in there and we're like a high schooler and a college student. We had no business being in this group of people, you know, this, these were like business people, like doing deals and like getting stuff done. And we just were there for the food, you know, we were like free parking food. We get to go to the game. So we go in, it was like a buffet 
everything they sold in the stadium and a bunch of stuff they didn't. It was just like amazing. And we were just like, we ate till we couldn't eat anymore. It was so good. And so we're sort of standing off to one like corner of the room because we don't belong in that group. You know, like, so we're staying over here in the corner and we're bored, we're bored. And so we start looking around and right next to us, there was a door and um, we were like, hmm, I wonder where that door goes. And so we waited till nobody was looking and then we slipped through the door. And as we walked in the door, it was this really long hallway, like super long hallway. You know, you see like in a movie, like a horror movie, where somebody like looks down the hallway and all of a sudden it's like four miles long, you know? And, and we're like, what? Well, we could see there was a door open all the way down there. And so we were like, well, all right, let's go. Let's see, maybe it's the locker room, you know? So we start walking down this and we're kind of running a little bit cause we're, we're for sure we're gonna get caught, you know? We're feeling that way. And so we get down to the end and we go and, and we step through the door and we're about like 25 feet from the court. And this is like during pregame. So the, all the Bulls players are on the court warming up. So we look around. There's nobody like guarding that door. Crazy. And so we just walk on up, right? We walk on out and we get to where like the edge of this platform right here. This is like, that's the court. And so we walk up and we're just standing literally with like our toes against the court. And here are the NBA, you know, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen and... Steve Kerr was still playing for the Bulls at that point, right? Coach of the Warriors now. And we were just like, oh, we couldn't believe it. We were just like standing there just in awe. And when you stand, has anyone stood like, like in the presence of an, of an NBA player? Anybody? Like they look like, and even the guys that are like the shortest on the court when you watch TV, and it, but when you walk up to them, you know, you're like this. You're just like, what? They're so tall. We couldn't believe it. And so we stood there for a while. Until finally, finally a security guy came up to us and he's like, yeah, these, these kids don't belong here. And he's like, can I see your tickets? And we were like, oh yeah, sure. And we pulled them out and they were like special tickets, but they weren't like, you know, staying on the court tickets. And he's like, yeah, you need to go up over there. And so we did, we went up over there. So it just so happened that day that um, my dream of playing in the NBA uh, died. Yeah. I don't know if they were, if they were connected at all, but I think that, I think they were probably. And, um, and it, because here's the thing, when we got up close and we saw the thing like removed, we, I kind of, in my mind, I was like, I played for my high school basketball team. You know, I was like, you never know, you know, anything could happen. No, no, anything cannot happen. Uh, this is a truth that we all need to, to be aware of, all of you young people in here. Uh, anything cannot happen. Uh, that is not the reality of life. Lots of cool stuff will happen, but here's the reality. So there's a leadership guru, his name is John Maxwell, and he has what he calls his principle of two. So if you rank yourself in anything from one to 10, 10 being you are the Michael Jordan of that thing, you know, one being, you know, stop that. Um, you're only going to move about two points in any given area, wherever you fall on the scale. So like if you're a two in something, you can, you can try as hard as you, you can, 
but you're probably only going to move up to maybe a four or five on the scale, right? And so what the most successful people do is they identify those things where they are like, let's say like a six and above naturally. Because if you put time and effort into those things, you can, you, you can actually bump yourself up, you know, to an eight, a nine, or maybe even a 10, right? I knew in that moment that I was not gonna play in the NBA. I was not gifted in any way to compete at that level, right? And so I turned around and I actually, um, and I'm joking about it, but I went back and um, I sort of stopped playing basketball at that point. And, uh, and I focused on where I was naturally gifted, which was the sport of soccer, and ended up being able to go on and play in college and we won a national championship. And I was just more naturally gifted that way. And I could like step into that. Um, here's the tension that you and I face. God has given each one of us gifts. Every single one of us. There's not a human being on this earth that God has not gifted in some way. But for many of us, we don't know what those gifts are, first of all. We have no idea. We're not clear. We know, like, like if we pressed into it with you, you might be able to communicate what you're naturally gifted at. Like, oh, I guess uh, when I think about it, I sort of excel at this or that, or every time I do this, it seems to succeed or whatever but you don't necessarily have it clearly mapped out. Like you don't know exactly what you're gifted at. And even if you do, like we're gonna go through some gifts here today. And even if you have an understanding that you're gifted in this area, if you don't have the big picture of why God has given you that gift, then all you're doing is sort of exercising a God-given gift and ultimately it benefits you and maybe just the people immediately around you. And God has a bigger purpose for your life. He has a bigger purpose for your gifts. He wants each one of us to know our gifts, to live out our gifts, and then to see our gifts benefit the whole, the whole of the earth. And so this is what we're going to be doing today, next Sunday, and the following Sunday. So three Sundays in a row, we're going to look at three different sets of gifts that the Apostle Paul in the Bible describes for us. They're completely separate, each one. So come each of the three weeks, and when you do, you'll get a, a, another set of gifts. And they're all focused in a unique area. And so today's focus is all about the gifts that God has given to you for the sake of his church. Every single one of you has a gift or two or more that God has specifically given you for the sake of the church. And so we're going to jump in. Our passage today will be Romans chapter 12. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. But here's why you need to listen today. Because God has gifted you, and because God has gifted you not just for your own sake, but for the sake of others as well, your personal satisfaction and the benefit of all of us depends on you knowing your gifts and living them out. So the abundant life Jesus talked about, living life to the full that he talked about, that can only come when you understand how God has wired you. And then if God is giving you gifts for the sake of all of us, part of my reality, part of my blessing part of my experience with god is dependent on you knowing your gifts and living them out so you could be like oh, i don't want to do that oh, that's cool that's your choice 
but not only do you miss out on something really, really great, but so do I, because I don't get the benefit of your gift. And I want the benefit of your gift, just like you want the benefit of mine, right? All right, Romans chapter 12. We're going to jump in. Now, we're in the middle of a book of the Bible. So if you're not familiar with the Bible, you sort of don't know the lay of the land, let me just tell you the Apostle Paul was a guy that was the leader in the anti-Jesus movement. He went around as often as he could, killing Jesus followers, taking Jesus followers and beating them, putting them in jail. Like Paul was passionate about the anti-Jesus movement and he was the leader of it. And then one day Jesus met him on the road. He was heading to a place called Damascus and on that road Jesus met him and said, Paul, I have a plan for your life. I've gifted you and I want you to follow after me. And Paul said, okay, I'll do it. And by the end of his life, he was arguably one of the leaders of the pro-Jesus movement. This is what Jesus is in the business of doing. So if you're here today or you're watching online or you're out on the patio and maybe somebody dragged you here or somehow you don't know how the heck you got in a church because you're not anything about that. Sorry. God's got his hand on your life. And he's got a plan for your life. And you watch, you watch what happens. You watch what happens. But Paul wrote over half of the second half of our Bible. We call it the New Testament. It's the second half of the Bible from the birth of Jesus to the end of days. He wrote over half of it. And so in this particular letter, he's writing to the church in Rome, arguably the center of the world, the epicenter of the known world at that time, the city of Rome. So he's writing to the Romans, and here's what he says. So we're going to pick it up right now in Romans 12 and verse 1. So he says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. Now, uh, we just read the word therefore, right? So anytime you read the word therefore, what do you do? Huh? You find out what, what it's there for, Right? Therefore, meaning in light of what I just said, Paul says, I'm going to now tell you something else. So he's building on it. So here's what he just said. This isn't on the screen, but this is in Romans 11. He says this. After this long, like, like, like this is this long thing about God, like just beautiful, like just this glorious, like, here's how he finishes it. For from him and through him, and for him are all things, talking about God. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Basically, from him to him, you know, and anything you want to fill in the blank, this is who God is. So in light of that, therefore, Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This... Paul says, is your true and proper worship. Now, in, in this context, this would, have been, this would have been revolutionary. Like, people would have listened to Paul say this, and they would have been like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. What? Okay, I got to get my arms around this because I don't really understand what Paul is saying here. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, in the pagan cultures, they were familiar with sacrifice. They sacrificed all kinds of things, including their own children, right? They 
sacrifice. I mean, it was part of what God just despised about the culture of that day was that they were willing to do anything and everything to appease the gods around them. And Paul and, and the Jewish people, right? There were Jewish believers who were reading this letter to the church. They, they grew up in the sacrifice system. Like that's how you got right with God. You would go to the temple and you would, set, you would offer a sacrifice for your sin. It was always about death, right? The sacrifice. And Paul flips the script and he says, I want you to offer your bodies. Now he's not talking about your literal bodies. He's talking about the whole of who you are. So when I'm up here right now in this moment, my body is on this platform, and the whole of who I am is, is right here. Now, I could be thinking about other things. Hopefully, that doesn't happen while I'm teaching, you know? Sometimes it does, though. You'd be surprised. Like, like just where was my thought just now then? It, it just <laughs> left me. No. The whole of who I am is right here. It's right here. My mind, my soul, my emotions, everything is centered what just happens to be my physical body right here. And so Paul is saying, I want you to take the whole of who you are and offer it up as a living sacrifice. Meaning I want you to give yourselves to God. I want you to give yourselves to God as a sacrifice, but a living one so that your life is a sacrifice. So that as you walk out your days in this life, every step that you take is another step of sacrifice to God. And you're like, well, that, you know, if you're like just checking this thing out, you're like, oh, that's kind of demanding, isn't it, of God? You know, like to, to you know, kind of expect that of us. Well, remember what he just said, Be, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. When was the last time that you stopped to consider God's mercy in your life? You know what mercy, you know what mercy is? Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve to get, right? It's, it's, it's when you have missed the mark somehow, but you don't get the punishment that you deserve. That's God's mercy. So when I'm driving down the road and I see the flashing blue lights in my rearview mirror, and I look down and I go, oh, no, I wasn't paying attention. I'm going so fast. And I pull over and the police police person walks up to my car and says, you know how fast you were going? Obviously, no, I don't know that. No, I, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Yeah, you were going, you know, whatever, whatever. And, um, you know, today's your lucky day. I'm feeling generous. Uh, I need you to slow down, okay? All right, have a good day. And they send you on, the, on your way. You know, sometimes that happens. They give you a warning instead of a ticket, right? That's mercy. You deserve punishment for going over the speed limit, but those in authority decided, I'm going to give you a pass this time. This is God's mercy. In light of God's mercy, in your life, in your life, what, where are the places where, where God has shown you mercy? Where, where your life has, has sentenced you to punishment? Right? I, I don't know about you, but I, have, I, I, I can't begin to even fathom the list, the number of places where God has shown me mercy, where I deserve something so much different than I have right now. 
Oh my goodness. And if you're aware of God's presence in your life and you've been seeking after God with your life, you have a growing sense of just how merciful God is to you. The fact that I'm, I'm literally, that I'm here today alive and breathing, I'm not, that's not like even an exaggeration, right? Two years ago, I had a massive heart attack. I should not be here today. But God spared my life, right? Some of the factors that contributed to that heart attack were of my own doing. Like, I deserve to have my body respond in the way that it did, resulting in what should have happened. But God, in his mercy, he spared me. When I think of some of the choices that I made when I was a young person, oh my goodness. I can't believe, I can't believe that I'm alive. I can't believe that God called me into his family. I can't believe that I get to do what I do in these days um, in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy, Paul says, I want you to offer yourselves up as a sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do you know that this is actually what worship means? Worship and praise are two different things. We lump them together a lot of times in the church, but they're two different things. Praise is when we say something nice about somebody else. I can praise you, for example, you know? I can praise, you know, my, my friend Tim sitting right here in the front. He's an, you're an amazing dad, man. Amazing dad. And I mean that. And I can praise Tim. I can praise God. I can say nice things about God. Worship? I'm not worshiping Tim. He's not worshiping me. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know worship belongs to God. And here's what it is. Worship is surrender. When I surrender myself, I'm in worship with God. And so, like, when we sing songs here, you know, a lot of the truths that we sing in these songs are, are, are truths of surrender. Right? So the, one of the songs that we sing here today, um, I, I won't get it right, but come on, my soul, now don't you get shy on me. There's a lion inside of these lungs, right? Like whatever that, <laughs> that's not my gifting. That's not my gifting. Um, but those words, those words are an act of surrender. Come on, my soul. Now listen, you want to get shy inside of me. You want to shrink back. But I surrender that and I let the lion inside of me come out of me, which is the spirit of God, come up out of me. That's an act of surrender. When I sing those words, I'm surrendering my fearful self and I'm instead taking on the, the courage of God in me. Right? That's worship. This is your act of worship is to give yourselves as a living sacrifice to God. So don't conform to the pattern of this world, Paul says, the value system of this world. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God's values lead your life, not the values of this world. And how do you renew your mind? You're renewing your mind right now. You're sitting here listening to the teaching of God's word, his, the truth in his word. And this truth, if you'll allow it, will replace the value system of, of this world. So when the value system of this world, for example, says that in the areas where you're gifted, 
you should just grab a hold of those and, and milk it for all it's worth and it's all for your own benefit, that's a value system of the world. What we're, what we're inviting you to do is renew your mind around this truth that God has given you gifts for your benefit. Woo, love that. But also for the benefit of others. And when you wrestle with this truth and you take it in, you're renewing your mind. This is what we're doing right here. We're living out this verse right here. You just offered yourself as a living sacrifice through the words you sang as we were in, in, in worship here. And now you're renewing your mind by taking in the truth of God, right? You're doing it. You're doing it. Congratulations. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. Have you ever wondered about God's will in your life? What is God's will for me? Um, I know growing up, I, I grew up in mostly Christian circles, and it was a question for a lot of young people, like, what is God's will for me? What does God want me to do? You know, what, what is God's will? This is God's will in your life. What we're talking about here today, this is God's will for you. God's will for you is that you would willingly offer yourself as a living sacrifice and that you would allow your mind to be transformed by his truth. It would be renewed by his truth. And then in just a minute, we're going to explore. Paul's going to go and lift off, uh, list off some gifts. This is God's will for you. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Renew your mind with his truth and live out the giftings he's given to you. This is his will. Now, does God have specific paths and you know, all these things. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think God, God has, you know, some pathways that he knows are better than others for us. But that's not primarily what we're going after when we ask God, what is your will for me? We know his will for us. Offer yourselves up as a sacrifice. Renew your mind regularly. Live out your gifts. And as you journey, whatever pathway you take, God's going to use all of that. He's going to use all of that. All right, so let's keep going then. Verse 3. For by the grace given me, Paul says, I now say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. All right. So now we start to get into some of the deeper side of this particular chapter of the Bible. So for some of us, we see church as something that we come to on a Sunday morning. We come to a gathering just like this. We watch online, however we engage it, and it's sort of all about us and sort of how we can connect with God and our best life now and, you know, all these things, you know. This, this, this is what church is for us. This is what engaging God is for us. And Paul would have us to believe that God's heart is that each one of us belongs to each other. Whoa. Uh, no. No, Tim, I don't belong to anyone. I am my own person 
I, I do what I do. I, I love Jesus. I follow Jesus with my life, but I don't belong to anyone else. You kind of do. This is what God would have us to believe, that we are a community, that we are a body, that when we come together, when we live out this life together, that we belong to each other. Why? Because we're just about ready to talk about you have gifts and so do I. I need your gifts and you need mine. We're in this together. We're part of the family. Listen, church, the church body is not like going to a restaurant. You know how it is when in a restaurant? You go in when you choose. You sit down. You look at the menu. You choose what you want to eat. And you sit down and you eat it and you pay for it. Hopefully you're nice to your server. Hopefully you tip them really well. And then you're off. The church is not a restaurant. The church is a family dinner. We come together. We share our food. We bring our food and we share it and we eat it together around a table. And, and you know, we could get up and leave anytime we wanted to, but we're more compelled to stay because this is our family. And we want to be together and we stay and we talk and we eat and we enjoy each other, and there's community in that, right? We're a family dinner more than we are just a sit-down restaurant. And this is what Paul's talking about. All right, here we go. We have different gifts then. You guys are like, finally, what the heck? Tim, just now getting to the gifts. All right, here we go. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. These are the gifts. Today, we're going we're gonna to list out these seven gifts for you. And I want you to, I want you to walk this through. It's going to be up on the screen. Um, but these are the seven gifts here. Prophesy, the gift of prophecy. It's one who receives and communicates the will of God. Now, when we think of prophets, a lot of times we think of like, like, a, like a fortune teller, you know, like, a, like a, someone who foretells something. Prophecy is less foretelling, like... This is what's going to happen next week. And it's more forth-telling. Meaning, I'm going to tell you what it is that God has to say, and it always comes from his word. So I'm going to go forth and tell what God has to say about a thing. Right? It's not so much telling the future. It's about knowing the heart of God and being able to speak to what is happening. That's prophecy. The prophets of God, sometimes they foretold things, but mostly what they did was they stood up and they say, thus saith the Lord. The job of a prophet was not fun. They stood up and they were like, this is what's happening. You've done this. 
There's a penalty for this. Here's what God's going to do. So you know that verse in the Bible? You know Jeremiah? You know where Jeremiah, we love this verse. We, we like, there's like whole like companies that like, and if you have this on your wall, I, that's amazing. It's scripture on your wall, and I'm stoked that you have it on your wall. But Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future, right? We love that verse. The prophet who delivered that verse, Jeremiah, you know what he said in the verse before it? Right before that verse, he said, you're going to go into captivity for 70 years because of your sin. But I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I'm not going to leave you there. There's a price to pay, but I'm not going to leave you there. That's what a prophet did. A prophet would point to a situation and might point out something hard, but also would point out the heart of God in a matter. That's the gift of prophecy. All right, we got to go. Here we go. Serving. One who loves to serve others in practical ways. Anybody in here know that you have a gift of serving? Anybody? Would be willing to admit it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you guys do? Yeah, right here. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Yeah, man, you just, you're stoked. You're stoked, sir. Yeah, you have a gift of serving. He was here this morning uh, setting up all these chairs, right? Was, I think the only one in here doing it. There was somebody else. All right, all right. Somebody else has the gift of serving, or they just got pulled into it, and they're, they're cursing that they came early today. Um, serving. Some of you are stoked. You just, you love to serve. You just, like, it, it lights your fire. Um, teaching. One who loves to research and communicate God's word. I raise my hand on this one. I have a gift of teaching. It's not my gift. It's the gift the Holy Spirit of God has given to me for the sake of the church, right? Encouraging, one who loves to encourage and build others up. Those of you who have this gift, thank you. Thank you so much. Giving, one who loves to give time, talent, energy, and finances to build the kingdom. Did you know that this is a spiritual gift? Now, we should all be doing all of these things, including giving. But some of you, what stokes you more than anything else is to be able to give to people. You love, you always seem to have cash in your back pocket for, for just the time when someone needs it. Right? You love to get, you love to invite people out to lunch and pay for it. Right? You love to give, 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 give. Leadership, one who loves to coordinate, facilitate, and organize others in the work of the ministry. This is another gifting of mine, is leadership. Teaching and leadership are my two primary gifts in this passage. And so, do you have the ability to see the whole and be able to maybe coordinate how the pieces come together? That's typically an evidence of, of leadership. When you walk onto this, this campus on a Sunday morning, do you tend to look around and see all the things? Maybe the things that are going well, but also the things that need to be done? You might have the gift of leadership. Mercy, one who shows great compassion and care to those in need. Who has, does anyone here know they have a gift of mercy? Yeah, you've got a lot of gifts, bro. He's raising his hand. Mercy, I do not have the gift of mercy. <laughs> I don't. I have to work really hard at it. I don't. And what's, 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 what's problematic about that is I've been shown so much mercy. I should overflow with it, but I don't. That's something that, that I work on. All right, so what's the big idea then? Here's the big idea. 
We find our purpose when we give ourselves to God. Your purpose in life are the gifts that God has given to you. And when you offer yourself up as a living sacrifice and surrender to God, when you offer yourself up to God, you find your purpose. And so we offer ourselves up to God. He gives us purpose. We turn around and use the gifts he's given us for the benefit of others. And something beautiful happens. Something divine happens. This is the rhythm of the kingdom of God. Offer yourself up as a sacrifice. Let God show you his purpose for your life. Turn around and share that purpose for the benefit of others. And the rhythm of the, of the kingdom of God continues. Right? So what are you going to do with it? We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways to, you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.